Eight minutes it is before 8 p.m. It's our wrap of the top business stories. And uh, joining me uh, on this Monday, as we often do, is uh, Snesipo Maninjwa, who's an uh, independent market commentator, analyst, and CA. Snesipo, good evening to you and welcome. Evening, Aya. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Snesipo Ndiatemba, Imbela weekend was good? No, it was good. It was good. It was uh, more relaxing. Yeah, it was okay. much needed relaxation. Okay. Can we can we your No. Okay. All right. All right. Hi guys, I'm not old enough. No, that's fine, that's fine. Go and get vaccinated there with the uh, Ama two thousand, the people who call uh, yeah, Tatumatiba Nelly M. Nearly uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I was saying earlier, just uh, as we were doing our introductions here on the show, that uh, Friday was quite interesting. And uh, I had a chance over the weekend to just quickly sort of scour through some of the SENS announcements that came through on Friday. And it was quite interesting how certainly for some businesses who have parts of their value chains in KZN or Gauteng, uh, really, you know, messages coming out thick and fast. You know, we were hit here, we were hit there. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the losses are insurable. In some cases, if there's a shortfall, you know, we'll be able to make up for it. Um, just before we get into some of these stories, just your general sense. Um, now that people, I guess, are licking their wounds, taking stock of how much has been lost and what damage has been wrought on their operations. What do you make of some of the developments that we've had? Um, and I guess uh, what we need to do to restore trading conditions and uh, secure some of the supply lines. For me, I think they're all of companies. And geographies. Geography. That is, for me, those are the two things that mm. I think... I, we and it's a, it's a dangerous be. vulnerability, man. It's a dangerous, it's an incredibly dangerous vulnerability. And it's across sectors, being the petrol, 35% of the refineries. Food. Auto. Food. Basa. Like... Textiles, it, it, for me, it, 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 it's dangerous. It's well, dangerous. Then, the, then the other thing you remember was they hit Mustek there in Durban yes. as well. Now, Mustek, of course, you know, does some interesting things and they also license to assemble for, you know, the likes of Samsung and many others in the ICT space. No, net laptop. And for me, and, and I think, and I think uh, the, the things that they're distributing and assembler, they, it's for me, it just, it just shows the level of, um, the just the level of, a concentration. For me, that's a very dangerous outcome. Mm. It's a very, very dangerous outcome. And for me, it just shows how vulnerable we are in terms of um, in terms of um, um, incidents of domestic terrorism, which this was domestic terrorism, yeah, yeah. domestic terrorism. And also, I do believe that our response was the right one. It was the right one. The idea was to always de-escalate. You can't. It, it, there's too much of an escalating situation, mm. and I do believe that the de-escalation approach, although most people don't understand it, I always say, guys, do you want people to start shooting? Do we, do we, do we want another massacre? So the de-escalation approach, I think, was the correct one. But it does highlight, besides the concentration, it also highlights and it brings to fore the, the ticking time bomb of inequality. So you could say that they were, we know people that they did instigate it, but by and large, a lot of the looting was for basic food. Mm. And I think that's where, yes, there's always going to be criminality, people taking PCs, laptops. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, I think you, you're right there, Snesipo. Even the people who did take high-valued electronics, none of them took it 
at a scale, um, and I'm talking about in the general sense now, at a scale that would amount to some form of capital accumulation, right? Yes. Uh, people were taking it to go and resell, but I think the big challenge was the some of the organized targeting of key network industries. I mean, the moment you target a wastewater treatment plant, essentially, uh, we generalized desperation from hunger, but that's a more systemic type of sabotage. Yes, it's strategic. So for me, I like to think back in terms of, and, I, and, I, and for me, it's the same grouping. If you would see them in the mines, the construction town, they were well organized, yes. they were structured. They've been a melting pot, and it's been the same message of radical economic transformation. And But for me, this was not a step of radical economic transformation. It has taken the country back and taken so many people back. And I think once they started going into the medical supplies, mm. I think medical supplies and the fact that at this present moment in KZN, they have a shortage of people for insulin, people for cancer medication, people for TB medication. Now, these people are going to die on top of the pandemic issues because and for me, that's when it stopped. It, you, you, you are, for me, like I said, it was acts of domestic terrorism and it deserves, especially the organizers, they deserve the full brunt of the law because their actions go beyond General looting, general looting, and um, you know, I think we were taking with some of these companies that cause force majeure, force majeure. Mm. General looting for me, um, uh, insurance will pay out. Even if insurance pay out, there will there will be some level of um, people made whole. People can't be made whole when their loved ones pass away. They mm. can't be made whole. So I think that's where I think the conversation needs to go to. But for me, a greater issue on besides um, that issue um, there that I've laid out, a greater issue is what are we doing to 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 systematically address inequality and unemployment and high levels of poverty? Because um, you heard Cyril today, I think I saw something about them considering the basic income grant. People are starving and they are an easy weapon to unleash on anything and any industry. Mm. So we are not safe until we address the yeah. issues of inequality. So, um, but I think also we need to be clear. I mean, uh, this doesn't happen in some vacuum. It happens yeah. in a context where we've seen massive declines in all of the things that contribute to the consumption basket of poor households. I mean, look at social assistance. Look at cutbacks in police spending. Look at cutbacks in education spending. And the rich can opt out, you know. The rich can get, as we've seen, private security. But, um, you know, the moment you slash and burn your budget the way we've done, uh, then we mustn't be shocked when the social costs unravel in ways that if you look, if you look, and um, I always say that a lot of what we, so we, we set up and to believe that we're unique. We're not. All of these things play out, have played out in other countries before. And um, a key Especially example Latin is America. Latin America. Latin America, yeah. And, and and it's literally um so I was chatting to um Uzianda. she she was on your show last week on policing and how mm. similar we are to Latin America and we are going there and what we had this week if we do not stem an inequality um inequality and we don't seek to address service level that is addressed to the poor and getting them out of poverty if we don't need to address this now if this does not scare anyone now what we saw last week will be like a picnic two years from now hmm. and that is just the reality of it all it is if you look at the models and the research undertaken and you look at areas like the philippines mexico it's 
become it will this in this time the government opted for a de-escalation approach which limited the loss of civilian life so it wasn't the the most of the civilians who passed away were as a result of burning stampede so it wasn't directly the police being the cause so if you get what i'm saying mm. the next time this happens and there will be a next time if we don't, if we don't, it needs to shake everyone that if you don't seek to address this problem here, when I say what happened last week will be like a picnic. We will talk about it fondly because it will escalate. Because you, you've, you've seen it though. So remember a lot so of what happened Remember KZN took two years to escalate. This is the past two years. They've been sporadic. This yeah, time they were yeah. a bit more strategic. You know, and they and just on that, Nesipo, I, I think we need to underscore that point and and take it home. I, I made an example on the weekend of one place out in Mandane. Now, it's an industrial park. Um, they make they used to make their koma koma couches and all manner of other things. A former sort of Guazulu uh, industrial park. Two years ago, in May, there was the same type of burning that we saw. There was the same targeting of some of the infrastructure uh, in that part of the world. So, so in a way, a lot of this is not new nor novel, but I think the scale and the scope of it has expanded in ways that uh, many people were not expecting. And, and I want us to maybe talk about um, a few examples here. Let's start in the mining sector, and we'll come back to the retailers and even the auto sector. Asmang. Um, yeah. Now, what do they do? Uh, and by the way, manganese, uh, you know, the very interesting, I guess, uh, mineral. And the South Africa produces significant amounts of these. They have an alloy operation out in KZN and they issued a force majeure. Mm. Yes, they had no choice. Mm-hmm. They had no choice. They we genuinely had no choice. Um, and they had to because of the end rate. And you also need to understand, they are, they are quasi in Richard's Bay. And Richard's Bay, you also had RBM call force majeure. Oh. You call force majeure. And you and, and the thing is that from what I understand from the intelligence around the police, there's um specifically um shipping and transportation has been um potential targets. And again and again, as you know with mining companies, uh they make money based on production. So if if they're unable to um produce um and the fact that um, the fact that the manganese price, if you look at where the manganese price is, it has recovered quite slightly. They are supposed to be exporting. Mm. They're supposed to be, and they can't. And uh, you, you call force majeure. You have no choice. Uh, you have no choice. Mm-hmm. You call force majeure because you're a target. So you've got to think about what what is the best way. Do you wait for? Do you wait for? Um, do you wait for them to attack you or do you take the best decision for your staff? Because hmm. there's, there's people who work there and I don't think people can forget that there are people who work there. All I could think was when they were bombing or they were taking me to Afrox and I was thinking, if you hit Afrox, Afrox makes oxygen. You're You'd have blown up the whole of Durban. <laughs> no, like, but I mean, think about the refineries. Think yes, about I was like, I was like you, you've, got to, you've got to call force majeure. You have no choice but to call force majeure. So it's even so bad right now that currently for you to get um, a product, certain products, certain industry, they have to be... What, like security. an ar- armed escort? Armed escort. Mm. Otherwise, they will not move. Um, mm. They will not move. And yeah. that's just how it is. Let's and, go to the um, auto sector. Uh, and, I mean, this for me is one of those 
things that just I'm not going to say this on radio but it just makes me cringe um that a manufacturer or assembler like Toyota and all of these other things that we see on our streets can now have to wait and even follow up as it is clearly feedback from the city on your plans to deal with this issue because that then guides our own production schedules how many shifts we run uh, all of these of course to respond to export orders and the mass bala song is the thing is that I mean, really, I won't even lie to you. Let, let, I won't lie to you, and they can see me if they want. Let us not be foolish to not think there is there is involvement. Pat, you cannot. It is Toyota is one of your opinion. You're burning your house. So, so, so I want to read it Nesipo, as incompetence. Let me be naive. Uh, I want to hear. I, I don't even think no, it's because I don't have evidence to the contrary. Right? Let me read it as that as concerning amount of indifference and at worst incompetence. We can talk about it, uh, I guess, when more information comes to light. But I think it's wrong that you've got a massive port city like that. Um, and, you know, business people have to come back and say, hey, guys, give us a plan because your plans guide our own shift schedules, our own export orders and so many other things. One of which, of course, is how do we move many of our workers around the city to get to the sites of production so that we can get the production lines going again? No, because my, my, my issue with it is that your guys, Abandu, you know what upsets me about this whole thing? Is that the city of Durban will not recover from what they've done. Because it's quite simple. If they, Toyota doesn't get an answer, you know Japanese efficiency, you cut your losses. You cut your losses. It, 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 this is what you do. You cut your losses. So when Toyota is looking to expand their assembly plant, they can't because your people burn everything down. You, it, it, they have to think of their staff. They have to think of... And when we, we, we like to think of Toyota on its own. Toyota, do you know the value chain allow, around Emota in this country? The value chain. Hmm. The value chain. It's bad enough people... The thing is that for them, they've got two streams of business. People are not buying cars in South Africa because that's not mine. Number two, they've got the ability because we export and we're a great assembler and we do this very, very well as a country. One of the things we, we excel in. And you can't guarantee safety. They're like, okay, we're junk rated. Okay, as in Amali. But now you can't even guarantee safety. Ah, guys, I, I won't even lie to you. I think that's what upsets me about the whole um, occurrences of of Durban is that it is the the way they've destroyed people's futures with no regard of the consequence, very real consequence. <laughs> because one thing, I think companies can deal with us being junk rated. It really doesn't bother them that much. They can even deal with ESCOM. Because if you want to, you have a problem with ESCOM, you just put in some, um, you, you can procure your own power. Not real. Cost of data, yes, it's a bit expensive, but you know, you can go voice over IP, you can, you know, you you know, there are ways to manage it. You can't out innovate people rioting you and destroying your facilities. You can't there is no solution for that. They actually what they want is a tangible plan. Uh. A plan that not only ensures that this is a once off, but also ensures the safety of the staff. Yeah. Snazibo, words. 
Skesi uh, Ishii and the automotive sector for a second. Woolworths, uh, 11 of their stores uh, vandalized last week, and I think uh, one of their distribution centers also coming under some damage as well. Yes, um, so Willis, um, they indicated, they reported results today. So they're reporting results in today. So they, um, they've been doing taking stock of what's happened in Durban. So they were able to actually feed back with Clever stores. It is, um, there is a distribution center, but they've, um, for, for, for Willis, it hasn't been as bad because I think what it helps is that their distribution is actually not centralized specifically in Durban, mm. in KZN, which I think they're a bit better off than um, your other retailers, um, like your MathMart, Pick and Pays, and ShopRite, in that um, because Woolworths food, food is still relatively small, their distribution, so it was just more of a store damage, which they think they will be able to, um, to, 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 to get around and fix. What I think was very more important was that and their sales grew quite significantly. Um, as usual, you know, Willie's food forever the star performer. And uh, and I think one of the things that I liked about them was they they saw they said that their online sales grew a hundred and seventeen percent. Like it's so it's insane. Online has just sort of been the new trend, and and I think that's where it's everywhere. I think. That's where retail's migrating to as an additional channel, not necessarily leaving um, um, a brick and mortar, but I think that's quite, 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 quite um, uh, prevalent, even though it's coming from a small base. I think that's what they're taking stock. I think they uh, they were not really as badly affected as the other national retailers, in all honesty. Mm, mm. We're going to have to leave it here. Uh, but maybe actually before I let you go, I mean, just a last comment. We saw that big piece of news coming out uh, from, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, uh, process-owned, Na- uh, well, no, not process-owned Naspers because Naspers owns part of process, but uh, process-owned Tencent, uh, who have bought, um, I guess, a significant uh, chunk now um, of uh, a massive gaming operation out in Sheffield. Now, Sheffield in the United Kingdom used to be the old steel belt uh, probably don't produce or don't produce much steel at all uh, in this day and age but uh, yeah big transaction there and it certainly had uh, a buoying impact on the share price of 10 cent um smart decision think about it it's literally um taking over because what this company does is they, they build online games with your likes of your um, Apple Arcade, um, which are your, ones on your different um, applications. And mm. yeah, and what, like I said, it's the next big thing. Um, yeah, so think about it. They already own Epic Games. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be insane for me. I think it's a very, 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 very smart move because that's where I think, that's where content is actually moving towards. Yeah, yeah. So what we're going to have to, uh, I guess, uh, leave it there for this evening. But as always, a pleasure catching up with you. And uh, yeah, in the case of Tencent, I guess if they can keep uh, some of the Chinese regulators at bay, uh, then uh, they might be able to cash in on that shift towards online gaming. Snezipo Maninjwa, thank you very much for your time. Snezipo, yeah, joining us there for our business wrap. We're going to take a brief break now. When we come back, we're in conversation with the South African Police Union.